It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. And you know this, man, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Love those of you that subscribe and watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Also love those of you that have subscribed and sent me in your your screenshots of subscribing to win one of these Madden codes I'm going to give away at some point today. If you haven't yet done that or know what I'm talking about, go to at Ross Tucker NFL. Take a screenshot of you subscribing to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL and reply and you'll automatically be entered. Going to pick that person later on today. Could be you. Star of this show, it's Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. He's the fantasy gangster from fantasypoints.com. You need to go there and use the code 22feast. I mean, at this point, you can still do it. I don't know where you've been. If you're a new listener, that's wonderful. If you think like you got a chance to win the league and you're trying to go over the top now, that's great. Um, I'm surprised you've gotten this far without being a subscriber to fantasypoints.com. But just go there. Use the code 22FEAST. We start the Saturday games, Joe. But we'll start, you and I, with Thursday Nighter. It's an interesting one because it's tomorrow night. Niners, Seahawks. A lot of question marks. We, we know Debo won't be there, so what does that mean? I guess Purdy's kind of a question mark. What does that mean? Kenneth Walker. A lot of questions, Joe. There are a ton of questions about this game. Uh, the good news is Kenneth Walker's returned to a limited practice, and that's a good sign. And so here's the thing about the, the, the Seahawks. Unlike somebody like Amari Cooper, who we'll talk about later, um, they have incentive to play Kenneth Walker. They're battling for their playoff lives. So let's keep an eye on Kenneth Walker. The problem is the uh, 49ers give up the fewest fantasy points per game this season to running backs. Their defense has been exceptional. Um, they did give up a bunch of catches to the Buccaneers running backs last week. And unfortunately, that's not really a huge part of Kenneth Walker's game. Um, but as we saw with Kenneth Walker missing last week, Travis Homer, Tony Jones, that was that was just fantasy irrelevance. You know, I, I I said on Twitter that I preferred Homer, and that was right, except he scored, like, four points. You know, like, if, if you're going to be playing somebody in this backfield, it's got to be Kenneth Walker if he gets back. We'll see about DJ Dallas uh, as well. But other than that, the Seahawks are pretty cut and dry. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith, all on the board. Uh, of course, though, um, this is not a great matchup for the Seattle Seahawks. They are home underdogs, uh, despite the uh, three and a half point underdogs, 43 and a half the total, despite the uncertainty about Brock Purdy, which tells you what people think about this 49er defense. What about the 49er offense? So obviously Debo's out. Kyle Shanahan said it uh, yesterday. He said three-ish weeks for Debo. So let's do some advanced calculus here, Ross. 15, 16, 17, all right, 18. So three weeks from week 15 is week 18. 
If he misses three weeks, not including week 18, that takes us through week 17. Most fantasy leagues end in week 17. So if you really need a roster spot, like really need one, I think you can drop Debo Samuel. Um, The 49ers don't care about your fantasy team. The good news is guys like Christian McCaffrey are helping your fantasy team. Brandon Ayuk, maybe George Kittle will pick up the slack in in the absence of Debo Samuel. But the 49ers care about the Lombardi trophy. They're not going to rush Debo Samuel back before he's ready uh, because they are in a really good spot to make playoffs. They have one thing on their mind, that's the Super Bowl. And they're not going to rush Debo Samuel back to help your fantasy team. No, they're not. What about the game I'm calling, Joe? Um, one of two this weekend, actually. It's the Colts at the Vikings. What do I need to know for my prep for the game and for fantasy football? So Minnesota has surrendered 300 passing yards to a quarterback in four of their last five games. The only one they that didn't do it was Dak Prescott, who threw for, I think, 278, 280, somewhere around there. And you know what happened in that game? The Cowboys could take their foot off the gas pedal because they annihilated the Vikings. So Matt Ryan's still the quarterback for the Colts. This is uh, an uh, an immovable offense going uh, or excuse me this is uh, yeah an immovable offense going up against a defense that can't stop anybody uh, I, I just woke up I, I, I know I'm, what you mean yeah it's it's a defense that we can't all stop know what any, you mean defense can't stop anybody going up against an offense that can't score um Minnesota just says I believe has given up over 400 yards of offense in four straight games look if if, if Michael Pittman is ever gonna do it this has got to be the week I mean uh, I would be not excited to start him, but if I have him on my bench this week, why is he even on my roster? Is is what I'm is what I'm asking. Maybe Matt Ryan's a stream worthy quarterback. Maybe not because all 32 teams play this week. But it's really Indianapolis. If they can't score this week, they're not going to score the rest of the season. Um, they're going with Matt Ryan. The thing I would worry about if I was streaming Matt Ryan at quarterback this week would be the fact that if he doesn't play well, they could go to Nick Foles. They could bench him in-game for Nick Foles. And that would be the one thing I would be concerned about because because Minnesota's defense is not one that should pose any problems for an NFL offense. Whether or not this is an NFL offense, well, that's up to you. But this is not one that should scare anybody away from playing your Colt skill position players. Uh, even down to somebody like Paris Campbell, who could be, or Alec Pierce, somebody who could be popular on the Saturday DFS slate. What about the Vikings? Well, the Minnesota Vikings, the one thing about them, we do say they're, oh, they're kind of the same team every week. But the problem here now that we have to point out, even with Kirk Cousins playing well, Justin Jefferson going absolutely ham last week, is they can't run the ball. Dalvin Cook had 23 yards on 15 carries in that game, and he has really struggled to get going on the ground. Now, here's the thing about Dalvin Cook. He's kind of hard to sit. I mean, look at some of the look at some of the injuries people we have at running back this week. We just talked about Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, Ramondre Stevenson. All these question marks at the position. It's not like you can sit Dalvin Cook, but this is somebody who's averaged under two yards per carry in two of his last three games. Their offensive line is struggling. They really do need Christian Darisaw back from that concussion. It looks like he will be back this week. One matchup to watch in this game, 
Stephon Gilmore could well shadow Justin Jefferson, but he doesn't go inside. Justin Jefferson uh, gained over 100 yards receiving, more than half of his receiving yards, out of the slot last week against Detroit. 4.30 on Saturday. It's the Ravens at the Browns. Another one where we're not exactly sure who the quarterback will be. Yeah, and we don't know who it'll be for for Baltimore. And J.K. Dobbins came back last week and really showed well in the stat sheet. But he had that long run to actually set up his touchdown run. He didn't look right. He didn't look good. There was a hitch in his giddy up. And and look, I'm rooting for J.K. Dobbins. I, like, he's coming off of what was a severe knee injury. This is a word of warning, though, just for next year, something to file away. Our guy, Dr. Edwin Porras at FantasyPoints.com, believes, just based on the information available to us, which is not all the information, that uh, Javante Williams' knee injury is similar to the one that J.K. Dobbins suffered. Uh, so file that away for next year. Um, but no, J.K. Dobbins did not look right. There was there was a limp. There was a hitch. Um, that being said, the Cleveland Browns' run defense has been a sieve all season long, and J.K. Dobbins still ran for 120 yards last week. Just because he had a hitch in his giddy-up doesn't make those yards not count. Gus Edwards ran for 66 yards on 13 carries last week. That Brown run defense has been exploitable all season long. The last time, uh, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought here, but the the Browns, look, if, if Anthony Brown starts at quarterback, they're going to lean on the ground game. Mark Andrews caught two passes in that game. Really, the only guys I feel like super comfortable playing, not that, look, you got to play Mark Andrews, Ross. I, I don't know who else you have. Maybe you picked up Dallas Goddard off the waiver wire. Um, there are some situations, but man, if Anthony Brown starts a quarterback for the Browns, they're going to run for the Ravens. Rather, they're going to run the ball and JK Dobbins, whether he looked good or not is going to get the touches. The Browns didn't run the ball very well at all last week. No, uh, Nick Chubb, um, Nick Chubb, 13 carries for 34 yards. And here's the bad news. Once considered like the strength of this team Ross you you write up the the offensive lines for fantasypoints.com and rank them you know the Browns are pretty high on your list last year yep. Ethan Ethan Postich is on IR Jidrick Wills Jack Conklin have struggled um Wyatt Teller since coming back from injury has struggled once considered the strength of this team uh per fantasy points data only uh Cleveland is opening less than one yard before contact for running backs, which is not good. And by the way, the Baltimore Ravens are giving up the second fewest yards before contact behind only the Bills over the last five weeks. So this is a really bad ground game matchup for for Cleveland. And the problem here is Nick Chubb kind of needs to be the engine because Deshaun Watson isn't playing well. He played a little bit better than he did in his debut, um, but Amari Cooper is banged up. Um, Amari Cooper said he's fighting through a core muscle injury. And he's like, well, you know, you want to be out there for your team and blah, 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 blah. But he caught just two passes for 42 yards last week, despite a full snap share. Um, Cleveland's five and eight. Their playoff hopes are virtually out the window. So the question now becomes, do they shut down Amari Cooper? The good news for Cleveland is Donovan Peoples-Jones is emerging. And David Njoku is a must start at the tight end position. 
He returned to the lineup after missing week 13 with a knee injury, played a full snap share, caught Deshaun Watson's first touchdown pass as a Brown. He essentially walked it in. It wasn't like a big-time throw or anything like that. It was a well-designed play. He had seven catches on nine targets. Njoku is a must-start at the tight end position. Let's talk Dolphins-Bills Saturday night. Dolphins have been looking like dog doo-doo the last couple of games. Uh, Tua was atrocious on, on Sunday night. Like I, It was like Brandon Staley, you know, Tua's been really an effective point guard right now, and Brandon Staley took away all of his passing lanes, and that's what he did, and he did an amazing job of it. And the concern, I think, uh, Dolphins fans and people who have Tua, maybe Tyreek Hill for fantasy, the concern is the weather. Is it going to snow? It, it always a possibility uh, in Buffalo in December. So keep an eye on the weather because that will severely impact, well, really both of these offenses, but especially Miami. There was um, reports uh, I, 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 that they, ha- I, don't, I think it was true, that they had heaters on their sideline in San Francisco. It was like 50 degrees at kickoff. What the heck's gonna what, what's gonna be the situation in Buffalo? They're gonna think they're gonna open a they're gonna open um they're gonna open a portal to the gates of hell on the sidelines to try to keep warm. Uh not not a great vibe for the uh, Miami Dolphins there with the way Tua played last week. Of course, you also have to watch the injury status of Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to be okay. He plays through everything. Um Jalen Waddle did not have a good game. That was because Tua did not have a good game. Jeff Wilson is injured, so will this be a uh, so will this be a Raheem Mostert game for Miami? The bad news, of course, Buffalo run defense has been exceptional, giving up the fewest yards before contact per rush attempt over the last five weeks. So, all in all, when it comes to the weather, it comes to the matchup. Not a great draw for the Miami Dolphins here. The Bills signed Cole Beasley. Joe, what does that tell you? Um, well, it tells me uh, exactly what Greg Cosell has told you in recent weeks on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And I think it's now becoming, Greg's always ahead of the curve. It's now becoming kind of the purveying opinion on the Buffalo Bills. They're considered a great offense because of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, but really, it's a bunch of guys after that. Like we, I liked Gabe Davis for fantasy, and I'm not backing off of that train. I I liked him, and I and and he's been just kind of a run of the mill, like okay fantasy asset. But I liked him because he was in this offense. But eventually, you do need really good players, and Buffalo has struggled to find really good players. I mean, Dawson Knox is a solid player. Gabe Davis is a solid player. Isaiah McKenzie's a solid player. But uh, Devin Singletary's a solid player, but they only have one star for Josh Allen, and that's Stephon Diggs. So I would think maybe Xavier Howard is going to try to shadow Stephon Diggs in this game. And by the way, um, he did that last year. Diggs got him pretty good, by the way. Last season, um, Xavier Howard shadowed Stephon Diggs when these two teams met on over 85% of his routes. And Diggs put up seven catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns in Xavier Howard's coverage. Earlier this year, Howard aligned over Diggs on just 57% of his routes and Diggs caught three passes on him. But I would be interested to see if Miami changes their philosophy, knowing that he's really the guy that you've got to slow down. And the disappointing thing for Buffalo to me 
is just when it looks like James Cook is going to get involved, then he does absolutely nothing against the Jets, four carries for six yards. So it, it's really a hard situation to trust this this Buffalo offense. I mean, Josh Allen can't do it all himself, and I think that's why they signed Cole Beasley. I think they probably wanted to sign Odell Beckham. Maybe they got bad news on his medicals. That was the that was kind of the talk, is that the, the, the Cowboys didn't like his medicals either. And they were counting on some outside help. That's why they signed Cole Beasley. Um, speaking of outside help, Joe, AG1. A lot of people don't know what to do to stay healthy this time of year especially. I started taking Athletic Greens because I didn't want to be taking a multivitamin every morning. Plus, I knew I wasn't getting enough veggies. And I knew that... I would rather have something I can just absorb like this every morning as opposed to a pill that has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. So listen, it's lifestyle-friendly. So whatever you are, paleo, vegan, keto, whatever, costs less than $3 a day. And a lot of people say it really helps with their gut health. So that's something to keep in mind as well. To make it easy... Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash feast. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash feast to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe, we move on to the Falcons and the Saints. The Falcons have Desmond Ritter in the lineup. Does that do anything for you? No. Uh, the Falcons have maybe the least talented offense in the NFL. Um, I mean, Mar- Mariota wasn't doing anything for me either. And, you know, with 16 teams out there, I'm not really sure. Like, Drake London had 12 targets his last time out, but that was with Mariota. That was that was a 50% target share, which is massive. It doesn't really do anything for me. Um, uh, the running back situation is a complete rotation. Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, and Caleb Huntley all play. Patterson wasn't targeted in their last game uh, against Pittsburgh. So if Patterson's not getting targeted, I mean, he's he's a touchdown-dependent flex. I, I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter as a fan of football. I want to see what happens here. But against this defense, uh, it doesn't do anything for me, quite frankly, Ross. It's... It, th- th- this is a close as close to being a fantasy uh, a fantasy cross-off team as there is and there are a few of them uh this week what about the saints well they're going with andy dalton and you and i discussed last week that i actually thought andy dalton played pretty freaking well uh on on monday night football in that collapse uh against the tampa bay buccaneers and um so Chris Olave, though I think Olave could get shadowed by AJ Terrell in this game, and Terrell is playing phenomenal football, by the way. 
Uh, uh, since week 10, the only primary outside corner who has allowed fewer fantasy points per coverage snap than A.J. Terrell is James Bradbury. So Terrell is playing at a super high level. So you might want to downgrade um, uh, uh, Chris Olave on your personal depth chart this week. Here's the thing about the Saints, though. Why can they not get the ball in the hands of Alvin Kamara? It is bizarre. Mark Ingram's going to go on IR. Um, but is, is Alvin Kamara going to pick up the slack? I can't say that he is. I mean, based on his recent track record, he had 14 touches against the Buccaneers, but gained just 37 yards from scrimmage. So Alvin Kamara coming off of a couple of really down games, they need him to step up. They still have a very, 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 very outside shot at winning this division. The Buccaneers hold the tiebreaker over them, which is going to make it difficult. Um, but the Saints have to find a way with Ingram out to get the ball in the hands of Alvin Kamara this week. The next game I'm curious about, Joe, is the Steelers and the Panthers. I guess the Steelers quarterback's up in the air, too? Well, Kenny Pickett's got a concussion, so we have to watch that. And, like, here's the funny part about Pittsburgh. You know, you look at the numbers for Mitchell Trubisky, 22 of 30 for 276 and a touchdown. Hey, Mitch. Yeah, except it comes with three of the worst interceptions you're going to see all year. Two deep in Ravens territory. The other, he throws up an arm punt on first and 10. I don't mind arm punts on third and 10, Ross. First and 10, they're a problem. So he throws three bad interceptions. And really, despite the fact that he gave them a spark after Pickett went out, ended up costing them the game with some bad mistakes. You know, Deontay Johnson got eight targets. George Pickens caught the ball down the field. They just don't throw the ball to George Pickens enough. They really do not. I mean, the guy, every time they throw him the ball, it seems like he makes a play. Um, so that so George Pickens, down, these guys are wide receiver threes to me. It, what, no, whether Trubisky or Pickett plays the quarterback, Pat Fryermuth is certainly a, a viable tight end one, and you kind of got to play Najee Harris at this point because he's a borderline bell cow in terms of usage. It's just not a very good offense, and – they're going to make some changes in the offseason, but this it's not a very good offense going up against a Carolina defense that really is playing well. I expect Brian Burns and company are going to get after whoever the quarterback is here for uh, for uh, Pittsburgh. What about um, Carolina on offense? They ran the crap out of the ball last week. <sighs> yeah, and it came at the expense of DJ Moore, who didn't catch a pass. So DJ Moore goes over 100 yards. Oh, Sam Darnold's his savior. He puts up great numbers with Sam Darnold, and he doesn't catch a pass. Now, Tariq Woolen, the young corner for, for Seattle, is playing exceptional football, but DJ Moore doesn't catch a pass in that game. Are you kidding me? Um, wide receiver three kind of guy for me. Deontay Foreman, touchdown dependent RB2. Chuba Hubbard is a flex option. They rotated him in. I would expect Carolina's going to keep doing that. You know, Steve Wilkes, defensive-minded, interim head coach, he wants to run the ball. He doesn't want Sam Darnold making mistakes. So I think Deontay Foreman is an RB2. I think Chuba Hubbard is a flex, although I'm not enthusiastic about that. I know what kind of situations people are in at the running back spot this week. And the other guy you can play here is DJ Moore. And you hope DJ Moore doesn't get goose-egged again. Eagles, Bears. I don't even know what to say about the Eagles anymore, Joe. They're so good, and they have so many good players. It's like, and now they might get Dallas Goddard back. 
but somehow they all still seem to have good fantasy days. Yeah, it's, I mean, every now and again, one of these guys is going to quote unquote flop. You know, Miles Sanders did it against Tennessee, um, Tennessee's run defense. But here's the, here's the, the problem for the Bears. According to our uh, offensive line, DF, defensive line matchup metrics at fantasypoints.com, the Eagles have a top five run game and pass game metric. And what the Eagles have shown is this. Oh, you got a good pass defense? Well, we'll kick your ass running the football. They did that against Green Bay. Oh, you got a good run defense? Well, we'll kick your ass throwing the football. They did that against Tennessee. You got neither? We'll kick your ass doing both. They just did that to the Giants. So they can win in literally every way. They can win throwing the ball down the field. They can win with the screen game. They can win on the ground. They can win through the air. Jalen Hurts is the MVP favorite right now. Nothing about this matchup suggests we should expect anything less. The one thing... I will say is not that you're sitting A.J. Brown. You can't sit A.J. Brown. Maybe you bump up Devontae Smith on your personal depth chart because Devontae Smith doesn't have the potential shadow situation. I don't think they will shadow A.J. Brown with Jalen Johnson, but if they do, Devontae Smith might get a little bit of a bump. But if Dallas Goddard's back, by the way, you have to play. Like, this is just this is just an outstanding matchup for the Eagles, the Bears, they are getting healthier in the secondary. To me, it doesn't matter. The Eagles beat, beat everybody. In, they beat everybody decisively, and they beat them in multiple ways. Let's talk Bears offensively, Joe. So um, the Bears are obviously going to try to run the football because, first and foremost, they're not throwing the ball well. Um, and this Eagle defense is not one you throw the ball against. And they got Avante Maddox back. The one thing about the Eagles uh, that is noteworthy, we know CJ Gardner Johnson's on IR. Reed Blankenship, that young safety, their backup, who's been playing really well, he picked up a minor knee injury and might not be able to play this week. So they signed veteran Anthony Harris because their third string safety, Kayvon Wallace, looked unplayable. Um, So maybe the Bears have a point of attack there. Get the ball to Cole Komet, who's essentially been their number one receiver. But the Bears don't have wide receivers. If they have any prayer in this game, it's going to be on the legs of Justin Fields, and the Eagles are going to know that. Um, The Eagles, after that game against the Commanders, really shored up their run defense. Um, They they held held, uh, Derrick Henry in check. They held Saquon Barkley in check. Outside of one drive, they held Jonathan Taylor in check. So Philadelphia has has really cleaned things up uh, on the ground. And... I think they're going to try to say, hey, Justin Fields, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with your arm because he's been beating people with his legs. So I I think it's a tough draw for Justin Fields. But he's been making long runs out of nothing week in and week out, and that does make him hard to sit for fantasy. Chiefs are at the Texans. Now, speaking about a, a team that's going to be able to run the ball, now here is the funny part about the Texans. The Texans haven't allowed a wide receiver, Ross, to score a touchdown on them since week 10. They haven't allowed a wide receiver to go over 100 yards on them since week 5. That was Marvin Jones. And here's a list of some of the receivers that the Texans have faced since week 5. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, C.D. Lamb. They face that murderer's row of receivers, and not a single one of them has gone over 100 yards. So their secondary is playing pretty well. The problem is it hasn't mattered because the run game is getting gashed. 
the run defense is getting absolutely slaughtered. So to me, this looks like an Isaiah Pacheco and Jerick McKinnon game for the Chiefs. Of course, they also have Patrick Mahomes, who can do anything he wants against most defenses. But this is one matchup where I'm certainly upgrading the Chief running backs, Pacheco, and I am upgrading Jarek McKinnon in this matchup. The Chiefs are more than two touchdown favorites, and the Houston run defense is the clear weakness of this unit. What about Houston offensively, Joe? Anybody? So this is one of those fantasy cross-off teams that I was talking about. Damian Pierce is probably going to miss this game. Um, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks are hurt. Chris Moore did it last week. Um, If you needed him, maybe he's somebody you can consider. There is one player that I should mention for fantasy purposes. Ross, can you guess who it is? Well, Damian Pearson say he's not playing? No, he's not. His name is Jeff Driscoll. Oh, geez. He has tight end eligibility on certain websites. And Jeff Driscoll just out Taysom Hilled Taysom Hill. He had seven carries for 36 yards, four completions for 38 yards and a touchdown last week. I'd rather play that guy over any one of these Tyler Conklin-ass tight ends who has a shot to go for two for 20 for you any week. Now, Jeff Driscoll, they're playing at the goal line. Like, if Damian Pierce is in that game, they probably beat the Cowboys. Damian Pierce was not in that game, so they didn't beat the Cowboys. But they are going to continue this quarterback rotation with Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll has tight end eligibility. That is a guy we are going to rank relatively high at that position this week because of that eligibility i would expect that quarterback platoon to continue cowboys are at the jags joe and two out of the last three games trevor lawrence has looked amazing trevor lawrence has looked phenomenal and i think this is one of the more interesting games of the entire slate because jacksonville is live like that is a team you don't want to play right now but i kind of know what the cowboys are going to do the last time that Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard combined for fewer than 100 yards rushing was week four against the Commanders when Cooper Rush was still starting for the Cowboys. So even in the games that Elliott missed, Pollard ran for over 100 yards. So they are running on everybody. Uh, And the Jacksonville run defense, even despite blowing out the Titans, we saw a unicorn last week. Derrick Henry ran for 121 yards and a score in a blowout loss. That doesn't happen with Derrick Henry. We know how game script dependent he is. So Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard must, must starts for me uh, in this matchup against Jacksonville. But the big injury here, Ross, I want you to, to, to give your opinion here. Terrence Steele goes down for the Cowboys. He's out for the season with an ACL tear. And though he probably was one of the lesser heralded players on their offensive line heading into this season, reading Cowboys beat writers, reading between the lines, he might've been their best lineman this year. What's your take on, on that loss? Really good player, really big loss. Really curious to see what they do. I know Peters filled in last week. They talked about Peters and Josh ball. Yeah. I am curious whether they think they're better off having Tyron Smith at left tackle and Tyler Smith at right tackle. We're so curious to see how they end up going about it. But that's right. a big loss, especially and, and, in the run game. You know, Ty, Tyron Smith uh, could be back this week, but what's he going to look like coming off of a major injury? He's in his 30s. He hasn't played football in months. So, you know, that's going to be a really interesting spot. Nonetheless, I do expect Dallas 
will continue to run the football with alacrity in this game. Jags? One of the big concerns I have about Jacksonville, first and foremost, um, Dallas's secondary is very exploitable. They have a lot of injuries back there. I think in particular, this could be a Zay Jones game. Uh, Dallas is very exploitable on the perimeter. Um, Zay Jones has had a lot of drops in recent weeks, but he also caught eight passes and scored a touchdown against Tennessee last week. Um, Evan Ingram had, I think, the third best fantasy game for any tight end this year. Um, and the other two belong to Travis Kelsey. So that, that goes to show you what kind of game he had last week. Trevor Lawrence is playing well, which puts everybody in this offense up. The problem I have with Jacksonville, why is Travis Etienne not catching the football? You know, coming into this year, you thought he was going to be the passing game uh, back for, for, for Jacksonville. They traded James Robinson. Oh my God, the, he's got the backfield to himself. He was completely shut down in a brutal matchup against the Titans last week. And Dallas is a better matchup than that, but he don't, they don't throw him the ball. He has just six targets over his last four games and has gone without a target in two of his last three. Why? This guy should be a bell cow back. And I know, look, I know Trevor Lawrence is playing really well, but Travis Etienne not getting the ball in the passing game has been a big bone of contention for me. And it's forced me to adjust my expectations for him, which were sky high at one point this season. Last but not least, Joe, um, maybe the best one o'clock game, Lions and the Jets? Uh, yeah. And this is a game that had a something that's very rare in the NFL these days. There was a point yesterday, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's there anymore, where there, there was a split favorite on this game. Some books were listing the Lions as a favorite. Some books were listing the Jets as a favorite. Some were listing them as a pick em. Um, I expected the public money to come in on the Detroit Lions. I think that's what happened. The Lions are a very hot team right now uh, in the markets. And, you know, after everybody was asking, why are they favored against the Vikings? And then they come out and, I mean, that game really wasn't even much of a question for much of this game. I want to check the injury reports. We're recording this on Wednesday before practices. I do want to check the injury reports because if DeAndre Swift is on the injury report in any capacity, then we have to downgrade him because he was on the injury report last week. Justin Rogers of the Detroit News, who covers that team, kind of he sort of reported, kind of opined, but maybe a little bit of both. He said, I wonder if that ankle injury is back to acting up. And what do we see? Justin Jackson comes in and he gets five touches, including a touchdown. So if DeAndre Swift is on the injury report, you have to downgrade him in this matchup. And it's a bad matchup anyway. You know, the Jets are a really, really difficult team to face. And Jared Goff, as good as he was last week against the Minnesota defense that can't defend anybody, the Jets can defend. You saw what they did to Josh Allen last week. Their secondary is really good. Amon Ross St. Brown's got a very difficult matchup in the slot uh, against Michael Carter. Not that you're sitting Amon Ross St. Brown. I might look elsewhere away from Jared Goff in this matchup for the Detroit Lions. I think Mike White will play. Um, They're expecting him to. If he doesn't, it's Zach Wilson, not Joe Flacco, Joe. No, that... uh... That severely changes my opinion of this game <laughs> if Zach Wilson plays. Um, because I would downgrade literally everybody for the New York Jets, like into the bowels of hell if Zach Wilson plays in this game. Um, but I do expect it to be Mike White, who does some good things. And I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's going to win over his teammates? 
Like, just, like, he comes back into the game after taking two shots to the rib, and then Robert Sala just, like, casually drops in the post-game press conference. Oh, yeah, he went to the hospital. He's fine, though. You kidding me? What a tough SOB he is. The thing here that is really going to be the 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 kind of the linchpin for fantasy is this run game matchup though the lions were have completely changed defensively from weeks one through eight detroit surrendered 1.5 yards before contact per rush attempt to running backs which was ninth most in the nfl since then they've allowed just 0.88 which is fifth fewest in the nfl they have been able to score all year, but their defensive improvement has been the catalyst for this for this winning streak that they're on. It is not a good matchup for Bam Knight. He certainly found his way into fantasy matchups with, with his level of play of late, and I understand it, but just keep in mind, this is not a good matchup when just six weeks ago, this would have been considered a pristine matchup for Bam Knight. So obviously, the passing game, Garrett Wilson... He's not playable to me if Zach Wilson starts. I don't expect Zach Wilson will start in this game, though. But it is a bad matchup on the ground for Bam Knight. Good matchup to go to myfrontpagestory.com. Get the greatest holiday gift ever for a loved one. Myfrontpagestory.com. That was a bunch of games, but we still have a few left for dessert, Joe. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.